This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. This episode of EduTech Guys is brought to you by PRP Group, relationship-driven storytellers for the education market. Craft compelling narratives and understand your audience with marketing intelligence and PR for pre-K through 12th grade and higher ed. Get noticed by the right people in the right places. Our approach centers on knowing your audience so that every story becomes part of your journey and the start of a trusted relationship. Get more information at prp.group. On today's show, we talk with Jacob Hansen of the PRP Group about marketing, branding, and getting your story out there. All that and much more on this episode of The EduTech Guys. You're listening to The EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Mapp. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, turning on, downloading all that great stuff. Looking forward to an awesome episode this go-round. Hey, and if you're looking for us, you can find us on the web anywhere and everywhere. Just go to Google, put in EduTech Guys, E-D-U-T-E-C-H-G-U-Y-S, and you're going to find us out there staring back at you with those hungry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Little ladies there for you. <laughs> We're on all the social medias, you name it, Instagram, Twitter, X, I don't know what it's called anymore. Just pick an alphabet letter and use it, and that's the social media platform that we're on. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> Schmitter, Twitter, Blitter, Flitter, I don't know. Who knows? That's right. Instagram, Benstagram, Banksy, Poo, I, you know, we're out there. But hey, really glad to have you today. We're going to have a really great show talking about stuff we like to talk about, storytelling. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think this is going to be a really cool show in that uh, it's going to focus on sort of the other side of education. You know, a lot of our shows deal with us that are actually in education, and this is going to focus a little more on the other side. Yeah, the other side of it. And I think you're going to learn some really interesting stuff about the PRP group and what they do and um, you know who they're out there to help. We we have a lot of, of, of edutech industry people that come on this show, and this show's kind of for them also. It's actually a lot for them. This is kind of what the PRP group does is help them uh, get that data and learn about you know the uh, schools they're working with and 
a little bit more in-depth and personable uh, information. So it's going to be a really great show. Stick around, and uh, we'll take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk with Jacob Hansen right after this. This episode of EduTech Guys is brought to you by PRP Group, relationship-driven storytellers for the education market. Craft compelling narratives and understand your audience with marketing intelligence and PR for pre-K through 12th grade and higher ed. Get noticed by the right people in the right places. Our approach centers on knowing your audience so that every story becomes part of your journey and the start of a trusted relationship. Get more information at PRP. Group. Hey, welcome back to the EduTech Guys. We're excited to have our next guest on the show. We're going to let him tell us who he is, what he does, and all that good stuff. So here we go. Hey, thanks so much, guys. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Jacob Hansen. I am the CEO and co-founder at PRP Group. Uh, many of your listeners may know us, may not, but we originally started out as PR with Panache um, a little over 12 years ago. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about storytelling uh, while we're here today. And that, that really is kind of where my mom and I founded the company really based in you know, the idea that a strong story will stick with someone and influence, you know, what they do, how they act or the decisions they make. And so, I mean, that's really been something that's been prevalent since forever. So we, we've kind of always known, uh, been known as modern day storytellers for the education market. Um, a lot of what we do in, at PRP group is really helping to create awareness around solutions that work in the classroom, in the district or school office, things along those lines, companies that work within education um, and making sure that they're telling the right stories at the right times and the right places to the right people, um, all that good stuff. Um, I know that we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Um, that really kind of the other piece of what we do at PRP Group, um, I feel like we live in a nuanced and um, fun but super challenging world in education. Um I can't even talk to like lay people about it. They don't understand it. I'm sure you guys get it. Uh, it's funny that they, their, their eyes just keep getting wider. Um, but understanding how to navigate the world that we live in is so critical now. Um, and so a lot of what we do with the marketing intelligence services we offer is really to take the, the deep dive with companies who are trying to better understand who their audience is, not just how they sell to them and how their product fits in, but truly who that person or who those people are, um, what their entire world looks like and how can they you know, make an impact for the better in their world and maybe sell them a product along the way. So well, I think, uh, you know, and it's it, one of the things that sticks out to me from what you just said, uh, when you're working with companies, you know, we've, we've, well, Jeff and I have been in this for a really long time. I mean, we're talking, you know, over 60 years of combined experience. And it's it's funny to me how many companies, uh, especially when they if they just reach out, they cold call you with no idea as to what your school is about, what your district is about, um, where, you know, any type of uh, and, and where any type of vision or, or mission or any of those things, but not only do they not necessarily know that on the front end, and I can, you know, I can understand some of that. I mean, good gravy, there's only so much research you can do. I get that. But by the same token, how many companies don't even bother with that during the process? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think that's one of the things that really sticks out from, from what you've just said here. You know, and I think it's always been important. And I think to a certain extent, companies try it's, you know, how much beyond, just slapping some lipstick on a pig are they going um you know with that that effort uh, i was at a conference that tech and learning put on last week um the called the ed exec summit and and i was on a panel with two a former superintendent a former educator um that we were talking about 
the changes that we need to make as as marketers and sales folks uh, in education due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And while you know we can't create every experience to be an Amazon-like experience, given the dependency on technology through the pandemic, that's really what people expect. Um, they expect you to anticipate their next needs. They expect you to know what they need tomorrow before they even have to think about it. Uh, and that was really the consensus: is if you want to stand out, if you know, you may not even have the best product, but you're the best partner and you're the best person for you know that district or that school, um, and they can help you improve your product. But they're going to buy from the company and the person they feel is going to partner best. The, the product comes along with it. Um, of course, I'm not saying you can develop garbage here. They're going to look at that, but. I think I'm making my my point how important it is to to take that time to go the extra mile. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you gain that knowledge. What are you guys doing to you know prep these companies, prep you know us? If we said, hey, we need to market to these folks, how are you pulling in that information? You know, you you've definitely you've got your secret sauce, so you don't have to share the secret sauce. But you know, let's talk about how you do that. How you prep a company and get right to the point of, like you said, they want us to they want us to provide what they're not expecting yet. So how do you guys do that? Well, so I think that's a really loaded question because it, it could it mean a lot of things, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, so I, I don't really mind giving away the secret sauce. I, I really, truly believe my team and my team members are what make that sauce secret. Anyone can do this. Yeah. Um, it's just how you put it together and, and yeah. the care you take. And so, you know, I think a lot of it starts just with how we approach the work with our clients that um, my leadership team has uh, folks aren't seeing you, but these guys, they must have started in grade school if they have 60 years of combined experience. They're, they're not looking like they've got that much experience, yeah. but I'm in a similar boat with, with my leadership team and that we're able to kind of disperse that. So we do have somewhat of that season tour guide, been around the block. We've been through dozens of buying cycles. Um, yeah. We've seen trends come and go. We've seen, you know, No Child Left Behind. We've seen Esser. We've seen all of these things. Um, and so it, it does start with, I think, a solid foundation in just how this engine works um, and being able to tool up your team to ask the right questions, talk to the right people and look in the right places to validate information. And I think it's that last piece that people really forget about. And so, you know, I think if you ask most companies, they've created their buyer personas or their ideal customer profiles and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're pretty good. Uh, I, I don't want to knock anyone who's put that effort in. Kudos to you if you've even gone that far, because many don't. But where they're stopping is they're building that based on the the institutional knowledge they have within their team or within their organization. They're not ever testing their assumptions. They're not questioning the things they're putting in there. They're just taking their and it, th- with best intentions. I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong. It's just they're missing an opportunity to see is is this actually right? Are we really doing the right thing? And so a lot of where we go is is collecting information, combining it with what we know, what we've learned, and then utilizing whether it's their partners, customers, even prospects, um, you know, board members, um, partners really depends on the type of company and the persona we're trying to to really identify. And we go and basically grill them to to test our assumptions against how do you feel about this? What do you think about that? When when we're doing this at this time, is this actually true? Um, Are you really doing this? And it's it's wild to see how many companies are at about 80, 85 percent. And that's where they stop. And for a long time, that's been good enough or at Mm. least good enough to get them where they want to go. And it's those folks who are going to go that extra 15 percent. You know, I I know this can get expensive. Um, You know, we don't do large. We can do focus groups, but many of our clients, you know, we we just don't put that in the budget. It's it's expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, We've created some ways to bring active administrators into the process if clients want to have 
Um, we call them anonymous advisors, um, basically bringing an active administrator into the conversation. They're anonymous, so they can basically say, I, this is just flaring up my BS meter. You guys need yeah. to knock it off. Like, you don't do any of these things. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, I, I think it's then really looking at it in the fact that, all right, if we solve just for how we sell our product and we talk to this person about our product, or mm. are we really solving for what does this person's world look like, assuming it's a 12-month employee from July 1 to June 30? What what are those months and what are those quarters? What should we be doing um, to help them to, to make their lives easier? Whether that's through content, it's just through sometimes like a friendly email. Hey, I know you're crazy busy. I'm thinking about you and you're, you're, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Um, obviously that you need to be a little more friendly to be able to send that, but just knowing what that person might need from you um, instead of trying to figure out a way to get them to click on a CTA or to you know to give you an opportunity to sell to them. Um, they're people too. And so if you really... Think about how do you want to get marketed to? I don't want to call them at dinner. You know, and you look at your phone, it's like, I think I know who this is. I think I've got to take it. And it's that robo voice. And you can't even yell at the person because it's yeah. the dang robo voice. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, the, 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 the miss there is like they could have got a sale if they'd have known how to reach out to me and if I actually needed what they were selling. So in any case... Yeah, that's that. I, I get that. That's to me. That's the biggest thing. And you're exactly right. The pandemic was the defining line, and everyone had this higher expectation, and it's become more personable. Um, even in the even in the workplace, the educational entity especially. I mean, we've always been personable personable in education because we work with parents day to day. We work with you know students day to day. Bless your hearts. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's like yeah, it's it's a it's a battle is what it is. But no, no, it's not. But uh, yes, the parents, the parents. Yeah, let's be honest. So, yeah. but but you know that's the same way we feel because um we're, we're constantly our we wear our hearts on our sleeves. We really do, and that doesn't change for the administrators or the people we're serving. So, you know, I like to say lately, you know, that that being your hero, I want to be the, the star of my story. And that's what you guys are are doing, actually, to make sure that they can understand this is how you make your parents feel like they're the star of the story. This is how you make, you know, the school district feel like it's the star of this story. That's really great. So let's talk about, let's jump into storytelling. Let's talk about your idea behind the best story that works for marketing um, in education. Before I like get into tactics and things like that, I, yeah. I really feel like if any type of story, anything like that, it, it needs to be genuine. Um, and, you know, a story that you're telling in marketing or in sales, it may not have all happened. And so only parts of it may be true, but the other parts are kind of, you know, leaving things up to the imagination or or those kinds of things. I guess it depends on what type of, of story that you're trying to tell. But I, I think it's that genuine that you can feel in that content and w- whatever that is a video or, or a, a you know a blog um but uh, to your point about the the pandemic you know i would rather watch a shaky youtube video of a parent telling me something i really care about than some polished edited mm-hmm. commercial grade video you know on parents 101 mm-hmm. um i think it's the same way that not everybody may like my style or like how I communicate, um, but I, I've been a good storyteller my whole life. And it's because I can put my heart and be genuine in that story. And that at least enough of it of what I'm telling is true that it's, you know, it, it makes it really fun. Um, but if it obviously in our industry, we need to be not telling fairy tales. So I, I want to come back to maybe like a best practices or an op-ed or something along those lines type of a, a story that, um, you know, if you're genuine and you're really you know, speaking from the heart, as far as I'm talking to a classroom or a school of my peers, um, 
you know, they're going to feel that and they're going to, you know, lean into that content. And, and so I, I think starting there, um, I think also is what's the end result? What are you trying to accomplish with, with what you're doing with the story? Sometimes we're trying to influence an action. Sometimes we're trying to influence a feeling. Sometimes we're just trying to be memorable, um, get a laugh or something like that. You know, I think folks sometimes get stuck on stories need to be 1200 words published in a publication. <laughs> no, it can be a, you know, 300 character tweet. Yeah. If you do it right. Yeah. Um, everything you do can kind of be part of a story or, or be told in that way. Um, and so I think it's just a, a unique way and a memorable way to communicate. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. Agree. And uh, it, it, it's funny that, you know, I, I don't know how many people this relates to, but, you know, it, it especially here lately and, and certainly during the pandemic, but even a little before that and definitely after, uh, you know, if, if you think of uh, a particular company who has done extremely well with uh, reaching out to various audiences and being funny and sometimes poignant and making a point about it. And, and, and you know, we're, we obviously aren't sponsored by any of these people. But uh, to me, Wendy's is one of the companies that immediately jumps to mind, right? You know, they've got their uh, whoever is running their social media and they've get, you know, they get their roast tweets going and their, you know, and, and, and some of the marketing stuff that they do. And, and people actively seek to get roasted by them because they're so good at it. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, it, it, is it going to make Wendy's sell more hamburgers? Not directly, but potentially because people go, oh, my gosh, that was such a great tweet. You know, hey, we're getting something to eat. And, you know, well, there's a Wendy's, you know, and you just kind of subconsciously put that together. And I think that's that to your point. I think that's one of those things that, um, frankly, I think a lot of companies and i'm just going to say even even other entities uh school districts since we're talking education i think they tend to forget that you know not everything has to be you know in your face advertising it can be that subtle little thing it can be those little things that reach out to the community to that customer and and touch something whether it's a it's an emotional response whether yeah. it's a funny response you know those types of things and and I think that that you make a very good point uh in in, in your uh description yeah well, you know, I appreciate that. I also want to dunk some fries in a Frosties right now. I know, right? <laughs> now, so like Wendy's, if you're listening, it worked. Yes. Um, I would love one of those and some fries to dunk it in. But I digress. Um, you know, I, I think if we're, we're if we're looking at like a, another company that if I was to give an uh, an example of how a brand is doing their brand well, you know, not everyone can pull off what you just talked about for Wendy's, nor do you have to. Right. Humor does not need to be the way to do it. There are lots of other ways that you can stay true to your brand without having to be humorous or push the envelope. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just one way, um, but Lego is mm -hmm. probably my absolute favorite. If you haven't gone on their Twitter feed to see how they've responded to like missing pieces mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it is hysterical. So if you're listening and you need a good laugh or if you want to just, you know, flag this, pop on by their customer service every once in a while. It's hysterical. It really is. And yeah. they're good too. Like they make good with their customers and everything, but you know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, my son loves Legos and we were missing a piece one time and I was like going, crazy because it's thousand pieces or whatever and i went and i forgot what i was even doing there so i was going to tweet them and ask them about it like is do you have and i just read through their feed because it was so great but in, in any case um humor works for them i think that 
if you look at Coca-Cola and the um, the polar bears they do over the holidays, yeah. um, Budweiser and the the horses, mm-hmm. it's brand affinity. It's it's about creating a relationship with your audience, with your brand. And it's not, to your point, direct sales. It's when you're reaching in that cooler and there's an 18-pack of Coors or an 18-pack of Budweiser and you just saw those horses, you may be more likely to grab those that 18-pack that of Budweiser. And, and maybe we blank this out because I'm not supposed to talk about beer. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's case, all I, good. I, I think you don't always have to. All right. All right. Well, I, I don't think you always have to um, think about it as humor. It's what is your brand's identity and what what is the affinity you want to create between your brand and your audience? And some companies, just given the lane they live in or the neighborhood that they're in, you always have to do it through the lens of your product or through, you know, a much more dry way because of the, the where you live. And that's okay. Find out what your audience wants from you. How can you just make sure that they feel better after they've interacted with you? What that means on social media, in an email, they got a call from a salesperson, they read an article about you, whatever that is. How do you just make sure every time they feel better afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's been... Uh, and you know, frosty. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there have been companies that uh, that I've worked with, you know, for decades, um, and uh, that uh, I've, I've, you know, they've been vendors. I've, I've made purchases through them, and one of the reasons why they've been such a part of my purchase legacy is because even though. The the the, rep, the the representative may change over time. You know, people get promoted out, or they go find other jobs, whatever it is. Um, I, I've built a relationship, or or you know, with with those different individuals. Um, I mean, I, I can remember there was one guy mm-hmm. that I I dealt with a, a really long time, and he said, "Hey, I'm you know I'm getting promoted, but there's a new guy coming in, and you know the three of us had a conversation, and so I got to know the other guy, and and you know and and through that building those relationships, um, through them doing that with me, there were times where you know they weren't necessarily the lowest price, they weren't necessarily the quote unquote best product, but I went with them because I had that relationship with that, you know, with, with, with the company and with those folks. And that has made all the difference compared to, I've also had the opposite experience (laughs) where, you know, there are some folks that I just won't, you know, I, I just, sorry, won't do business with because I've had such a negative, uh, you know, experience with that particular company or with certain reps that they had or, you know, or what have you. And, and it's, you know, it could be a, just a personality conflict. It could be a company conflict. It could be whatever it is, but those little things to me anyway, make all the difference in the world. You know, I've got to ask mm-hmm. this question None. The, the, along what David's talking about. So, What's it like for your team to work with a company? To me, this would be a lot of your job. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. So you know, we're working with XYZ company who's selling XYZ EdTech EdTech uh, piece or education piece or textbooks. Who cares? To me, the fun part here is to getting to know those that client so that you can help them build that story. That that's got to be like you know so satisfying to work in that environment because it's not really a job. You're kind of you know. You're 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 helping out your fellow human, you know, build that story for their company, and then you get to watch it blossom as you help train them. So that that's going to be a hoot right there. So it, it, you know, it re- it really is. Um, and 
I went when I was in college, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Um, so, you know, I envy both of you and, and appreciate what you both do. I just I spent a semester in the classroom and was like, there's something else out there for me. I just knew I couldn't cut it. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I, I'm glad that I get to contribute to education in another way. And I, I do truly believe that the stories we help create, the articles that we help get published or, you know, the story arcs we help form they are influencing results in the classroom. They're influencing happiness, um, you know, whether or not administrators are staying in their jobs, you know, and, and I may never exactly get to reach out and, and touch that and know exactly where I'm making a difference, but it, it is fun to know that, that that's happening. Mm. Um, and the companies that we get to work with, you know, while I love the members of my client family, the people that are there, the brands themselves, it's just a big whole, you know, heap of do-gooders. Um, and, you know, folks that just get up and try really hard. Uh, but I, I'd be lying if I said, you know, working with them is my favorite part. I actually like working with their customers a little bit more mm -hmm. um, than I would like working with them. So we get to do a lot of the work with the company, understand their goals. What are we trying to accomplish? What's the purpose behind the PR or the, the you know, media relations or whatever that might mean what we're doing? How does it fit into the bigger picture? Um, but then there's parts of a story that companies just can't authentically tell ever. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really like what's actually happening, boots on the ground, whatever that means, in the classroom, mm -hmm. you know, in the, the central office, um, whoever coaches are using your tool, whatever it is, until you have that person that is living it um, or leading it uh, or using it saying, here's actually what's happening in real life when kids are here or when school's in session or whatever the case may be, folks like you two are always going to say, Oh, that's great, but you're a vendor um, and you don't really know what's going on. And so being able to capture the authentic voice and the authentic chapters of what those customers are doing with that product, the service, um, you know, whatever it might be is, is really my favorite part Yeah. because those people are actually making a difference in kids' lives every day. Like the things that they're telling me about have helped kids to read, have allowed kids to not get held back, um, you know, improved graduation rates. Like that's real tangible like, I don't know, I'm getting goosebumps. It's just really fun to get to work and, and hear that from, and, and with everything going on and I'm a parent, so I know I can be difficult at times as well, but like you said, you show up with your heart on your sleeve, ready to work every day. So I, I think that's probably, you know, an area that I get a lot of joy from. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the companies that I work for that are paying me to do that work. Mm -hmm. And so that it wouldn't happen without them recognizing that these stories matter and that this content matters. Um, so, uh, you know, I, it is, it's, it's really fun. And it, a lot of it is joyful. We've got a client that has a significant launch, um, uh, coming up here that I wish I could tell you guys about. It's just so exciting. and so fun. That's um, cool. but you'll, you'll know about it in a few weeks. Uh, but it's just, again, kind of on the cusp of something else that's going to move the needle for, you know, people or populations I care about. Yeah. 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 So I have a question. So do you guys ever work with school districts? Because right now that's, and, and I know you, I'm going to let you answer that, but right now in education, that's a big deal. And so as a district here, you know, maybe we have a millage coming up or a bond issue and, you know, we've got to tell our story and we have to make them excited about, you know, voting for those taxes. And we've got to, we need more parents showing up at all the events that are happening. And it's time to rebrand all these schools. Used to, you could just throw out your logo and go, go Bobcats, go, you know, and everybody's like, hey, we're going to be a Bobcat or a Wildcat or, you know, we're, this is what we're going to do. And that was enough, but that's not enough anymore. 
and, and it's now it's time to do that. So um, could you address that? Could you talk about you know working with school districts to help them find who they how who they are now rebranding? Sure, sure. You know, and, and it's interesting. I just read an article. I think it was in Ed Week. I'll try to find it and send it to you guys if you want to read it. But oh, yeah. it um it highlighted how much um the increase in having uh cabinet level communications leadership at districts you know since before the pandemic and now so i do think as a trend we're seeing that school districts are not only prioritizing but finding money to bring someone in-house that can help with you know community relations and help with storytelling um i think you both probably know those folks wear their fire hats 99.9 percent of the time and so I get to work with those folks a lot and they're, and they say kind of what you both said, like your job sounds really fun. It's like, yeah, we don't really have to deal with, you know, any of the stuff you do. I just get to tell really fun, good stories and make them feel good. (laughs) Um, But as far as school working directly with school districts to help them, we do work with them in varying capacities. So during the pandemic, I had more superintendents or um, board chairs or, you know, someone, in the C-suite reach out saying, we need your help. And, you know, if they type in at PR for education, my company comes up for those types of searches. Um, But with the things that you're talking about, you know, and and for those that don't, that aren't, you know, that are by where I'm at, you know, it's a bond or a levy millage, same thing. Um, Community by community, that can vary so greatly who you're talking to and who lives there. Mm -hmm. A firm like mine, we work more at a national regional level from a trends perspective. We can help with that arc. We can help with what's important, what do parents expect to hear from you as far as education systems and what are what's going on in other parts of the world or other parts of the country? What should your brand do? You know, that we can help with that, but they are in this case gonna be much better off finding a firm that knows their neighborhood, knows the media in their backyard, knows the landscape of politics, unfortunately, of where people fall on social issues. Um, whether it's a local firm or they hire someone internally, that person is gonna be a much better navigator than I am to make sure that they understand what all those landmines are and things along those lines. I can do that work. They're going to, it's going to take me a little bit longer and they're going to pay me a little bit more to get to a level that I'd be comfortable mm-hmm. telling a superintendent that here's what you say publicly. Uh, it kind of scares me a little bit. Um, just even saying that out loud. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think just the underscoring of, of um, <laughs> how important this is. I live in Minnesota. We've been an open enrollment state since before I was born. So I'm used to my whole life. I've seen billboards up for school district advertising specific programs. You know, they try to poach kids across lines. There are programs here that have had kids relocate from across the country to come to go to, you know, specific gifted programs and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So none of this is new to me. We were one of the first states with charter schools, um, you know, non-public that weren't part of public school districts. And so competition is always better. And it's, it's really, you know, been done well here where, they compete with each other. And that's, you know, we think about crisis and that's kind of where you were going. It's also, uh, are you losing enrollment? Um, do people want to live in your community? Uh, are the folks on the outskirts opting to go to the neighboring district or to a private school? Um, you know, that's PR that you need to be looking at doing as well and, and communication storytelling too. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's funny to hear from someone who, you know, like you said, yeah, you've had that your whole life. And here in Arkansas, it's just now becoming a, a very 
you know, boilerplate issue. Um, I mean, we've had school choice mm-hmm. to a limited degree, and the new governor that was just put in place, you know, that just got elected, uh, she is basically upending the whole thing, and over the next uh, three years is essentially making the entire state an open enrollment state, and it's it's tough to navigate uh, whether yeah. you're the local district or you know if it's if you're. Uh, not just the local district, I should say, but also the surrounding districts. You know, like you said, you know, there's, there's, you've got folks coming from all over the country who are coming to your schools. I would imagine over the course of time there have been the opposite effect as well, where you had a school that wasn't, you know, up to snuff, and they probably aren't around anymore. And I think that's one of the concerns that you know folks in Arkansas have. So you know, navigating that, communicating that, working with your local community to to get that message out, to promote what is positive about the district, but also, I think anyway, it would also be one of those things where you would also need to um, carefully and. Uh, in a in a calculated manner, communicate those issues that are the areas of growth as well, and 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 talk about that growth and say, hey, you know, this is a shortcoming. Not saying it that way, but you know, this is a shortcoming. We know it is, and here's what we're doing to address it. Um, and, and I really appreciate. I just want to say before we go too much further, I, I really appreciate your frankness and yeah, honesty, honesty about. Yeah. For the what listeners. you, yeah, what you know, what your company does and doesn't do, because it would be very easy, and I'm just going to say this: it'd be very easy for you to say, "Oh yeah, we can do we'll all take of your that. money." Yeah, but right? that's you know, that's and, and genuine, right? Really there. appreciate beautiful. the fact that you, you know, that you you told it like it is. You know, yeah, our and, listeners will appreciate that yes. also. That's that's one of those things. Yeah. Well, you know, I thank you, and and I think it goes back to some of the stuff we're here to talk about that, you know, I, I want to be helpful. And in order to do that, I have to be truthful about what I can and can't help with. Um, you know, I've had superintendents, a couple of them even ask, like, can you just help me interview these firms? Can you sit in and tell me what oh, questions yeah. to ask? I've never done this before. I never knew I had to do this. And, you know, those are things that I do as just a favor to help these folks out. You know, if I can keep that superintendent for another year without turnover, um, you know, that's another year of, of foundation building that that, that district gets. So that that's, mm-hmm. I'm happy to do that kind of thing. Um, But like I said, it just makes me super nervous. You know, these leaders we talk about, superintendents or, you know, these folks that interact with the public and like they're just numbers on a spreadsheet. They're people like I and I I feel like anything I tell them, I'm throwing them to the wolves sometimes. You know, you just can't win for losing in in the climate that we're in, in in some of these areas. And so one of the things that I also would encourage your listeners, like if this is an important thing or something you're thinking about, who in your community are your allies? Who have you already partnered with? You know, who are you doing career tech programs with? Businesses in the community, the Rotary Club, the Lions Club. Like, who are your allies that are already working with the district that can stand with you and help support you? Um, You know, I think no matter where you stand politically, there are loud voices that are, I think, a little too far on either way Mm -hmm. that need, you know, some centralizing. And if you have stronger voices from the community that you're standing up on on stage with or you're presenting to the board with um, or you're you know going to a media interview with it's a lot different than if you're standing there alone trying to tell that story so um, I think this is especially true for folks that are in rural communities where you know the, the news sources are limited as far as a local localization and um, so I, I strongly encourage you if you haven't think about, you know, who are your allies in your community that are already partnering with your district that, that you know, can help support you in areas that may be of contention or need improvement or whatever the case may be. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's really great stuff. So, and I have to say, that's great stuff for any company that's looking for you guys to, to you know, it's just it's great you know, basic default information across the board is what that is. So, uh, really great question here. Um, I, I hope it's a great question. Um, the companies that you work for, <laughs> the companies that hire you to do their PR. Um, do you look for those ones? Like, I know Remind is one of your companies. You guys do some work for Remind. And, you know, what a great company to work for because yep. that is direct influence to the parents, to the, you know, to the consumer. And so that can't be that hard to help them understand, hey, this is your job. This is what you're trying to do. So um, I, I guess my question is, is that do you guys actively look at, I mean, are you sitting down at the, in the bullpen on Monday mornings and you're looking through companies going, okay, we need to hit these companies here because they've got a great story to tell. They just don't know it yet. Have you? Do you guys do something like that? To me, that would be the bullpen experience. It would be a lot of fun. It's like, a, it's like draft time at the NFL. What, who are we looking for? Who are we going after? You know, that kind of thing. Is that a hard question? It, so... Um, <laughs> It, it isn't. It isn't. You know, I'm I'm trying to to determine like how much I'm, I'm comfortable revealing about myself here. I see, that, that's um, <laughs> I so what I figured I, I was my, doing. That's what my, I figured was happening. <laughs> uh, so my my career prior to getting into education and, and specifically into the work that I do now was really sales marketing, and then PR I had to kind of um, bring along with it. And so I've always had like a sales spirit yeah. along with everything I do of, of just that mentality, um, that, that salespeople have. Uh, and so the, to a certain extent, there are companies that I would say, man, I'd love to work with them and that kind of thing. But I have never cold called or cold emailed anybody ever, um, yeah. from a PR with Panache email address or ever PRP group. Um, I just won't do it. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that if I am thinking hard enough and doing my work well enough that I know what kind of content or what kind of message or something that's going to make them pay attention to me or notice me. Um, and it, I'm going to know where to put it and when to put it there. And it may not be that company, but someone like it that's going to see it. And so I, I may not ever say I want to work with this company because they're so great. But because of the things that we do, the good work that we do and the relationships we build, you know, I end up getting to work with, I think, the best people um, and the best companies versus maybe ones that I think are that I see doing good things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think just by putting good out, I, I, I don't know where you guys sit on this, but I, I really believe strongly in the, the universe, the greater power out there. And mm -hmm. if you put as much good out there without any expectation of anything in return, it'll get back to you and it'll find a way to, to return that, you know, many times over. And that's really how I've navigated like sales in that bullpen. It's not, how do we close this client? It's what are we missing? What are we not doing that we should be? What do they need from us that they're not seeing um, that would make them sign up for this or talk to us or whatever, reach out to us or whatever the case may be. Um, but through that approach, I've gotten to work with, I think, some of the absolute best people and best companies, you know, that, that are in business in, in education today. Um, you know, I, I, I think not about like how much good they're doing sometimes when I, I really look at how I feel about a client and I, I look at what, what do they do when things are going wrong? Mm -hmm. um, I'm usually in those really nitty gritty, crappy, this blew up in our face conversations given the role that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, the amazing thing is that I see time, you know, time and time again, 
people choosing to do the right thing, um, even when it's the hard thing to do or the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Um, I don't find myself having to convince people to do the right thing. I'm helping to make sure they're positioning it the right way because they are doing the right thing. And so, you know, I, I think maybe that's a little soft answer to the the question that you asked, but I well, you you, you um, answered it correct. There you go. So I mean, <laughs> and, and, you know, this is what's interesting. You know, for you to put your heart out there like that. I mean, that's exactly what any of us, any company, any educational entity, any human being wants to know is that your your heart's leading that in the forefront, and it's very obvious talking to you that that's exactly how you that's your mo. So that's a good mo to have. It. Yeah, man, that's I, a good mo to have. You know, it's it's. Uh, I get to kind of live my best life when I come to work. And, you know, not only do I get to do all the things we're talking about, I have, you know, wonderful teammates that I get to, you know, work on all these things with and that I get to see do all of this great work for for the members of our client family. So it's, you know, it's it's awesome that I get to be here and share all these things, um, you know, but I, I wish we could get a glimpse into kind of how the machine runs. It's it's fun to work at PRP. That's cool. It's yeah. not always easy. It's not always easy. We do have some challenging moments. Like it's not all peaches and cream you know we we do work hard and all that stuff but it's fun cool so i hate to be the time cop here but so uh one last thing (laughs) folks that are listening companies people anyone uh give us all the information if they want to pick your brain if they want to talk to you and talk to your folks and so what can you share with us sure so um if you want to just pick my brain and you've got some questions you think i can help with um you can go to my website prp.group um, if you click on our team page, I'm kind of right on there. You can book time with me right there. Um, if you want to, you know, reach out for more of a, you know, let's, let's talk about something larger. Yeah. You can always go to the contact page, but you can find me, I'll give get you my LinkedIn, um, and all of those kinds of things. But yeah. I also host, um, the education insider podcast yep. for PRP group. Um, and so if you have ideas that you want to cover, if you heard anything in here that, either you want me to have the guys on our show for, or that you want me to dive deeper into, let us know. You know, I, I again, I believe that this came up at the conference last week. Um, someone said like, oh, I don't want to give up my secret sauce. And it's like, it's, what does it matter? You know, unless it's like proprietary code, like I get that. I understand that. I am very conscious of that type of information. I have to protect that, but um, you know, give freely and, and folks will realize that that secret sauce is only secret because of you. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. As we like to say, there's plenty of grass in the whole field for everyone to graze. So that's awesome, dude. Um, Hey, yes, definitely. If you're listening, all this information will be in the, uh, about for this episode. So you can get that information from there. Hey, uh, Jacob, thanks a million, man, for coming on the show. You guys are fantastic. I really appreciate the time. Just keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate all you do for education. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you so much to Jacob Hansen, who did not, by the way, give us any rendition whatsoever of Mbop. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. You, you, and your 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 Hansen, you know, <laughs> my Hansen fixation. Fixation. That's the word I was looking for. I, there was an F in there, but I didn't know that fixation was the one I was looking for. None of them F words. That's, that's it. Fixation was it. Yeah, thanks again to Jacob. Uh, really, really personal guy. Really knows his stuff. If you're looking for um, a company to help your company, um, an industry specialist, they're the, they're the folks to definitely look at. And uh, we're glad you're listening to the show. Um, 
we're, I was trying to think, are we going to be anywhere live soon? I guess the next one will be ACOT in Arkansas. Probably so. Yeah, that's in Little Rock sometime end of October. Uh, end November? of October usually, yeah. And Man. then after that, though, we got FETC. Now, there may be something in between, but FETC in back in Orlando. In Orlando in, in January. January. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, if you'd like to be a part of that, reach out to us. Let us know um, how we can help you during those conferences. And uh, if you'd like to be on the show and you're listening to the show and you go, I want to be on the show, um, hey, reach out to us, uh, Jeff at edutechguys.com or David at edutechguys.com or just Tom, Tom Shoes. There's the Tom Shoes plug. Um, uh, or <laughs> throwing it way, way out school. there. <laughs> so uh, here's one more uh, contact at edutechguys.com. You can find us all those places or just on the web, edutechguys.com. Hey, it's been a great episode, been a great show. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.